Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning. Well, today is our seventh show of 2020. And so far this year, the response from the, from the audience has just been absolutely tremendous. I appreciate your support. So please keep listening and tell all your friends. My name is Frank Zakari, and you're listening to Life-Altering Events on the VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment Channel. Now, since we started this show five and a half months ago, people have often asked me, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And this is what I tell them. It can be something that we either choose or something that's thrust upon us that dramatically alters the trajectory of our life. What life-altering events present us with are opportunities to seize the moment and make a difference in our life and in the lives of our loved ones. When life-altering events occur, we have a choice. We can choose to fall apart, or we can choose to find the courage to pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. Remember this, it is never too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. Now, as you listen to this show in the coming weeks and months, and I hope years, I urge you to think about participating in an upcoming episode. If you have a life-altering event that could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page at voiceamerica.com, click on email the host, and tell me about this event that so drastically altered your life. How do you address it, the impact it's had on your life, and where you are now? We'll review it for content, and if it fits well into the program, we'll contact you about using it in a future broadcast. We have now over 24,000 listeners in 18 countries. So let me help you share your story with the world. Well, today's life-altering event is finding a safe place to start a new life. Okay, now what's that mean? And we've all been there many times when we're starting a new life-altering chapter. It could be starting kindergarten or going to high school or college. It could be starting our first grown-up job, getting married or divorced, becoming a parent. Each new life-altering chapter fills us with excitement, some anxiety, and very often a great deal of fear. We ask questions like, will I fit in? Will the kids at school like me? Will I be able to make friends? Will I find a mentor to show me the ropes? Now, this is terrifying at first, and what we all hope for is to find a safe place where we can unwind, relax, and talk to somebody, or or even just sit in silence. What we all want is to be included and feel like we're part of a group. It's a basic human nature, and all of us have experienced what I just described. But there is one new life-altering event that the vast majority of Americans and people around the world will never, ever experience. And that is re-entry from the military to civilian life. Let me give you some facts. Only 0.04% of 
50% of Americans are on active military duty. For the Department of Veterans Affairs, there are 22 million veterans living in the United States. Now, with a population of 327 million, veterans make up less than 7% of the population. Servicemen and women are faced with a daunting task as they try to reenter the world. First, there are very few people in the population who understand or can relate and share their experience. Many are about to enter college for the first time, and they're going to be surrounded by classmates who might be leaving home for the first time or might even still be living at home. Again, there's not much in common. Veterans speak a different language, and they soon discover that the skills and the leadership that they learn in the military means little to nothing on the outside. In the military, they had support. They knew their job, their role, and their mission. On the outside, they have none of this. They have no job, no role, no mission, and often no self-esteem. Many veterans feel lost. This sense of loss leads to frustration, anxiety, depression, and 22 times a day a veteran commits suicide. Now you might be thinking, well, Frank, any other depressing news for us today? Well, that's all for today. I do have a ray of hope for my fellow veterans in a little town of San Marcos, California. This is a small city in northern San Diego County. On a site that was once a chicken ranch, sits the California State University at San Marcos. Now, this university was a dream of the late California senator who was a World War II and Korean Marine officer, William Craven. And it's becoming a mecca for veterans. Now, how did this happen? Well, first, Senator Craven, who I used to interact with in my high-tech life, was both very persistent and ferocious when it came to starting the California State University at San Marcos. And second, the generosity of the Epstein family, who funded the building for a beautiful Veterans Service Center on campus. Now, the way this works, the Epstein family funded the, 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 the product, funded the building, excuse me, and then the college administration provides a support staff, and they've created a first-class center and a program for veterans. Well, San Marcos is one of the newest of the 23 universities in the California State University system. It has the highest per capita of veteran, military, connected students. According to Military Times, San Marcos ranks 23rd in the nation for the best schools for veterans, and 11% of San Marcos students are military-related. That's impressive. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning, it was the generosity of the Epstein family who funded the center. Now, we were fortunate to be able to pre-record a conversation with Mr. Epstein, with Dan Epstein, which we're going to play for you now. Our crack engineers are going to plug that in. Listen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today, as we you just heard in the introduction, California State University at San Marcos, which is in northern San Diego County, has a first-class state-of-the-art veteran service center. And this is thanks to the generosity of the Epstein family, which we mentioned earlier. Now, let me tell you something about Dan Epstein. Dan Epstein is the chairman and the founder of Conam Group headquartered in San Diego. The Conam Group is among the top private 
privately owned apartment management ownership firms in the country. He presently operates a total of approximately 50,000 apartments throughout the United States. Now, Dan is very active in the Southern California community, and he is a wonderful philanthropic uh, source for this area. He serves on the, the USC, University of Southern California Board of Trustees. He's a member of the UC San Diego Rady School Dean Advisory Council, and he's on the Board of Trustees of the Sanford Burnham Medical Research Institute. In addition to all of that and running a business and having all those things, he's a member of the Chief Executive Organization and the Young Presidents Organization. He graduated from USC in 1962 with a bachelor's degree in engineering. Dan, welcome to Life Alternate Events. We're so happy to have you on the show today. I'm glad to participate. Now, before we get into some of the questions here and, and get some more feedback on, on Dan Epstein and his family, recently, in addition to funding the California State University San Marcos uh, Veteran Service Center, his family funded a $1 million study to work with veterans on the streets of Los Angeles and to learn what challenges they're facing. Now, this project is a joint effort by RAND and the University of Southern California, and it is something where they want to get to the core group of what the problem here is. Now, Dan, you, when you're someone, as I'm doing more research on you, when you see something that needs action, you take action. So what led you to fund this homeless study in Los Angeles? Uh, I have, and our family have already always been interested in supporting the needs of veterans and in particular, homeless veterans. And it was identified that in the country that there is probably more homelessness of veterans in Los Angeles than perhaps any other community. And so when Rand was commissioned to do the study, they reached out to me because they knew that we had interest in it. And uh, at that time, I saw that the work that was also going on at USC, that we could tie the two together, and then that would, the funding would provide the impetus so they could go out and do a multi-year study to uh, really get a handle on what exists in the community and hopefully find approaches to solve it. Underlying, that study is I wanted to be sure that what they learned in Los Angeles could also be exported to other communities, and in particular San Diego, because we also have a significant uh, need to provide uh, housing for homeless veterans. That's absolutely the case. I think something in the neighborhood of 10% of the homeless veterans in, in the country are in Southern California, uh, which is absolutely amazing that, there, that there's such a, a wide number of them out here. Now, Dan, I, I work with a veterans, um, it's called the uh, VTC, Veterans Treatment Court. And in there, one of the things that we find is, is getting housing is one thing. But from what I understand in this study, you're looking to get deeper into it. What are some of the underlying causes of how did we get to this situation? 
What other issues is, is this study going to try and identify? Yes, uh, you identified that only part of the problem would be to find housing for uh, homeless veterans, and it applied to homeless people in general. But there are underlying issues that uh, applies to why they're homeless, and a lot of it requires additional support uh, from the community to deal with those issues, whether it be a drug addiction and dependency, uh, their inability to hold a job and work, and there's all sorts of support that's needed that goes way beyond just putting a roof over their head. So the, the study underway in Los Angeles is going to deal with, you know, after they can identify and assess the extent of the problem, then there will be recommendations on how to deal with it, what kind of support services, what kind of mental health has to be provided, and look at it on a comprehensive basis. That's absolutely what I what I hear from um, uh, uh, mental health experts also is the, the the fact that they don't have a place to live is a big problem. But there's a reason they got there, and we don't seem to delve deeply enough into those issues. And so I absolutely thank you so much for, for putting this into play. So once we get to the root cause, maybe we have a better opportunity to, to move forward. I was at, uh, Nan, I was at the, uh, the dedication of the Veterans Service at Cal State San Marcos. I just moved here from Northern California and remember seeing it in the paper, so I went to uh, the uh, the dedication. Now, one thing that struck me is you're, you're a longtime supporter of programs at USC and uh, at the University of uh, California, San Diego. What drew you to San Marcos? Uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's not exactly in my backyard. But a number of years ago, someone that... I had known that had done some work uh, in San Diego uh, and worked in the development and fundraising, relocated out to uh, Cal State University San Marcos to help them in their fundraising efforts. And so, I don't know, it was probably seven, eight years ago, they reached out to me, wouldn't I come and visit the campus? And... I hadn't been there, you know, I generally knew something about it, and so when I went out there and got exposed, uh, the first thing is, underlying, they're serving an unmet need, and the their student body, for the most part, is uh, the first in families to ever attend college. So, that uh, appealed to us. Uh, uh, to me and to our foundation that, you know, it's really quite worthwhile. And there weren't many other universities that, you know, were oriented to to providing for the needs. And they have great needs. You know, when you're the first one, you don't have a lot of financial support. And so that engaged us at the university. And then as we started to explore more, we became aware that they had a very extensive program supporting veterans. 
And I guess that was a natural because of all of the military facilities in San Diego and particularly Camp Pendleton and other uh, out, other military outlets. And so as we explored that, it, we became aware that a significant number of the students had a background from the military. And we couldn't think of anything of a, a higher need than when someone, you know, comes out of the military and they're going to get a further education so they can go out and be productive citizens, that to be able to support that uh, was very meaningful to us. And at that time, we got exposed. They had an initial small center to help support the veterans, but it became clear that with the needs that existed, that they needed to expand the center, they needed to add personnel, they needed to add support. So it was just a natural for us with our inclination to support veterans and then tied in that we wanted to do something for the university. Uh, It provided us uh, with a pathway and hopefully it will be the impetus to grow and expand their military outreach. As I met with the university, with the with the leaders over there, <clears throat> excuse me. As I met with the university leaders over there, one fact that came up that just was very surprising to me. Uh, I've lived in California since I was 19 when I came in the military, and San Marcos is one of the newest of the state university systems. And in my prior life, I knew Senator Craven, who this was his dream. And then he was going to put this university in San Marcos, which used to be a, a chicken farm at one point in time. And as I met with them and found out that they are the largest, they have the largest veteran veteran uh, operation of all the state universities, all the Cal State University schools. And so I asked them, well, what's, what's the attraction of uh, of San Marcos, and you touched on it earlier. It's Camp Pendleton's here, Miramar Naval Station is here, a number of veterans and people who come out of the military want to come here, and it's a very encouraging environment for people to, not just the veteran themselves, but for their children and for their families. And the, thing, the point made that so many of them, they're the first in their, in their family and their generations to, to go to school. And as I went through this center, the... The state of the art with with all the technology that you brought into it, and the just the ability to relax became such a nice thing. One of the gentlemen who's going to be on uh, on the on the 18th said, "It's a safe place to come." Was that part of your intent to just give them this safe place they can just relax and and assimilate back into the, the real world? Yes. Uh- Underline when we uh, looked at it and looked at how they were planning on expanding the facility, uh, it, initially they provided a lot of counseling and they had some ability to support some of the needs of the veterans. But with the expansion of the facility, which we funded, it provided for a more extensive way to reach out to them, to provide meeting space, to provide counseling. There's some arrangements for food there. And so it, you know, was an attempt to deal with their total needs. And I believe, you know, 
through the expansion that they're now able to accomplish it. One thing that I wanted to add previously to your prior question on my engagement at the university, to no small extent, uh, when I met the uh, former uh, president or chancellor out there, Karen Haynes, Mm -hmm. I was very impressed with the direction in what she was doing for the school. And so that went in a major way to get us involved. And so we're involved not only at the Veterans Center, but we're supporting several other activities ongoing at the school. And through that, I met Tony Jackson, our general. He was a general, he's now retired, who's very much involved at the school and its growth and expansion and with the Veterans Center. So it was the combination of those two people that helped uh, give us good reason to uh, support and provide financial assistance so they could meet their goals. I've met General Jackson also, uh, Dan, and I've, he's one of the most dynamic individuals I've ever seen. He he's, has so many ideas, and they've, ex- they've dramatically expanded, just as you mentioned, beyond the counseling, that there's computer systems that they can work in there. And then the university is reaching out and doing a veteran day at, at the athletic events, and they're having uh, technical companies, tech companies coming down and engaging with the veterans. And all this was possible because of the, of the input and the generating your generosity to get this thing started. So that's got to make you feel real good. You know, every now and then you have an opportunity to uh, provide uh, some assistance. And I've got to say of the various things that we've done as a family and through our foundation, that this is right at the top of the list. Uh, we can't think of, you know, anything in the community here that's more important than supporting our veterans. And so that's something ongoing that, you know, we're going to be in the game and wherever we can help out, we'll be there for them. And as a veteran, uh, I, we can't express our thanks to you enough I met your uh, lovely wife, Phyllis, at the dedication just briefly, and what, when, when you hear people talk about Dan and, and Phyllis Epstein, you, you hear they're, they're just such an inspiration to the Southern California community. Dan, who inspires you? You inspire so many people. Who inspires you? Uh, well, you know, thinking about that, you know, at this point, in my life, I would say that when I see other people out there that are doing significant philanthropy, and, you know, that's an option. You don't have to do it. But to see people that have been successful and now have decided that they have a greater vision and they want to give back to the community. So when I think locally here, I mean, leading the way is Denny Sanford. I can't think of anyone in the community that's been more supportive of of uh, medical research and health and for the uh, greater community, what he's done and can you know, literally uh, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars and education. So he is an inspiration for me. And another person that leads the way is Ernest Rady. 
And there's the Rady Children's Hospital. There's the Rady School at UCSD. There's Rady, you know, what he's done for the symphony. And so when I look at those people, you know, and I say, well, you know, they're in a position to to go out and do something meaningful, that's an inspiration for us. So to, you know, a lesser extent, but uh, certainly as committed, we have that as a goal for for our family and our foundation. And that, that, is, that is so impressive. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Epstein, as you can imagine, is a very busy man, and um, he has to move on to, sort to another meeting, another appointment. But, Dan, thank you for your time. Thank you for your generosity to all our veterans and, and just to the people in Southern California as a whole. You are uh, an absolute inspiration to this whole area, and I believe more people will follow your lead and, and continue this uh, philanthropic work down here in the Southern California area. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for your kind words. I was most pleased to be able to uh, participate and the best of success to your ongoing activities. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short Bye-bye. break here and we'll be back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, that first segment was an, an interview with uh, Mr. Dan Epstein with the Epstein Foundation, who is the donor and the funder of the Veterans Treatment, the Veterans Service Center at University, Cal State University, San Marcos. I hope you listen to that. If you have not, we'll make sure it comes on demand and you can listen to it then. It's worth listening to. We're going to pivot here and talk to about the Veterans Service Center that was donated by the Epstein Foundation, the Epstein family. So with us today is Shin Aikuk, who is the public affairs officer for the Veterans Service Center, and Ryan Duchek, and I'm hoping I pronounced both your names right, is a, a Marine veteran, and he is a student at San Marcos. Let me tell you a little about these two. Shin was an 11-year United States Marine Corps captain. She started out as a truck driver with two Iraq deployments. And then anyone who's been in the military, been in the war zone, truck drivers, very dangerous job. She then transitioned into public affairs through the, the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Education Program. She attended Cal State uh, San Marcos and was very active in athletics. In fact, she was on the women's cross-country team that won a national championship. So as you can imagine, she is quite an athlete. She worked at a nonprofit before moving back to Korea for a couple of years to teach English to middle school students. She currently works at the Veterans Service Center. She is their communication and outreach manager, as I mentioned, and she also does the same job for a program called Veterans to Energy Career. So we're going to talk more about that later. Ryan is a United States Marine veteran, and he served from 1997 to 2000. Now, he was an infantryman. Now, very, uh, Ryan talked at the dedication, and a very interesting, heartwarming story that he told is that he was diagnosed with lymphoma in the summer of 2018, and then miraculously, he was cured of this cancer in September 2019. He did this while he was going to school full-time. Now, Ryan's going to graduate with a degree in global supply management in the spring of 2020. So that's coming up pretty quick, Ryan. So it's got to be exciting. Right around the corner. Yeah, very excited, very excited. Sin, let me start with you. How is this relatively new university attracting so many veterans? Well, you know, it's not a surprise. When I, came, when I was here um, over, over 10 years ago, I started in 2006 in the fall, and we still had a really good community of not just student veterans, but also active duty So um, it's just the campus atmosphere, the support that you need, um, the extra mile that the staff does just to get you what you need to not just graduate, but make sure that you're supported. Um, At the time, we had a uh, school certifying official. Her name was Vicki, and she just did everything that she could to support us. And that type of support and love that we felt, although at the time we didn't even have a center, um, we just always just came back, whether there was two people in her queue because she had a little cubicle or four or ten. She never kicked us out, which is ridiculous. She definitely told us to kind of, hey, can you guys keep it down so she could work? But we just kind of felt that little piece of home um, at the university. Tell the, tell the listeners about this center. You gave me a tour of this center when I was there. Uh, explain what's in there because it's very impressive. 
Yeah, so it's really awesome. We started at um, the Welcome Center in 2008 is where we had our, like, kind of first center. And in 2014, we got donated this amazing building um, from New Jersey. And then now we have this other building thanks to the Epstein family. And now we have two two kind of, like, it kind of looks like trailers, but they're definitely bigger, huge buildings um, connected by a ginormous deck where we have patio furniture, because actually, Frank, you haven't seen the patio furniture that we just got and the shade that we had just um, got with the umbrellas. And we have computer labs in there. They have printing capabilities. There's office space. We got a ping-pong table. The students definitely utilize that, and maybe or maybe not the staff or random CSUSM students. Um, and then we, they have some lounges in the back, uh, inside, so they can just kind of rest and sit. And they have two big... Um, TV screens where they can, like, hook up, like, maybe an Xbox or something else like that. So they definitely have a space to call their second home away from home. The technology in there was, was, was very impressive. And I, so when I was there, I saw a number of veterans um, uh, doing papers and doing research and then communicating with each other. Is that something you're encouraging? Yeah, absolutely. We just want them... Um, especially when we find student veterans or military-connected students who just haven't been at the center before and they just want a space to study, people are always encouraged to talk to ones that we haven't seen before. So it's like, hey, I haven't seen you before. What's your major? And then they just get connected. Um, Ryan being a global supply chain management major, we found another student veteran who was just like kind of studying for what he was. And I was like, hey, what's your major? And he's like, global supply chain management. I was like, hey, do you know these two students so they can just kind of get connected because I think that's the biggest thing that um, especially for the student veterans that they lack they're just like hey I miss that type of camaraderie the type of brotherhood or sisterhood that I had in the military so when they get that connection it's even that much better for them and they always like 100% they always come back there's a sense of unit in the military and a lot of a lot of the veterans who are out there who feel lost that's what that's what I've heard them tell me is 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 I was part of something once upon a time and now I'm not and I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. So if you're like that, if you're a veteran that in that situation and you're anywhere close to the San Diego area, go to go to Cal State San Marcos and talk with these people. You will not regret it. Now, Ryan, I understand you're a native Texan. Is that right? Not native, but uh, I've lived there almost my entire life and uh, just recently came uh, back to, well, not so recently anymore, time, time really does start to fly. I came back to California in 2010 because I've got a lot of family out here, and uh, that's, that's what led me uh, to CSUSM. I started off at uh, Maricosta, and I wasn't quite sure you know, what I wanted to do educationally. Uh, I had a, kind of a diverse background, uh, so I was just thinking of the blanket field of, of uh, going into business management. And uh, I met a, a guest speaker that was in uh, supply chain and kind of explained a little bit about to me uh, a little bit about it to me, and I I was somewhat intrigued, you know, because it, it seemed like built, uh, trying to solve a bunch of puzzles at the same time. And I uh, started asking around, uh, asked around at the vet center at, at uh, Maricosta uh, what a good vet friendly uh, university was. Everybody highly recommend Cal State San Marcos, and uh, Cal State actually has one of the, the highest rated global supply chain programs in all of the. Uh, uh, CSU and, and UC systems combined. So I came over here and gave the school a tour, and I uh, was lucky enough to meet uh, Dr. Patricia Riley, and uh, 
she explained a lot about what the, the campus had to offer as far as vet services, and and then I got introduced to uh, a few other folks in the in the veteran services community here, uh, like Mr. Moses Maddox, who handles a lot of professional development, uh, and through him, I I got to meet Shin, and and uh, from there, the relationship with the vet center just uh, just grew. Uh, it was the vets, uh, all the, the the vet population here is very good about welcoming new vets, well, welcoming anybody, but especially welcoming new vets and making them feel at home and uh, making them feel like they have a have a place. Ryan, in, in you've experienced this, what, in your, and you explained it to me, you explained it to, to the listeners. Why is this so important to, to veterans coming out? What did you well, find? Well, for myself, uh, it's, it's the difference of... <clears throat> Of uh, of communication and and the difference of of uh, how you're used to carrying yourself and how you're used to uh, engaging in a professional manner or uh, you know engaging with the seriousness seriousness of activities that that you're taking part in you know like education being one of those and uh, I think veterans have a, a very uh, a unique place in in the civilian community when transitioning back to the civilian community of of uh, bringing with them uh, uh, all of the the discipline and uh, and the, the the character from the military, bringing that back to the, the civilian communities. But a lot of times, it, it's hard to hard to adjust to that. So, uh, having a community of like-minded individuals that have been through like circumstances uh, helps you assimilate more into the non-military lifestyle and still be able to bring all those benefits that you gain from being in the military. To the rest of the community and, and share that in an open way. Now I work with a, uh, a nonprofit group in in the Phoenix area, Ryan. And one of the issues I hear we hear a great deal from um, from veterans that that have come in is, I try to explain what's going on, but people don't understand. They weren't there. They didn't experience it. What was that like for you and for some of the other veterans you interact with? Well, with, uh, quite a few of the veterans that I've interacted with, you know, uh, had some substantial time in, in combat situations and or other high-stress situations. And, um, you know, a lot of the jobs in the military throughout all the branches can be very high-stress. And that's something that a lot of people uh, that haven't been in a situation like that uh, can't, uh, can't empathize with. They just do not have an understanding because they haven't been there. So... Being in a uh, in a community with others that have had similar experiences, know what it's like to uh, overcome extreme adversities. Uh, just just knowing that you're around people that understand that uh, sometimes, uh, well, at least for myself, it, it brought me a great sense of ease. Uh, like in my first semester here in, in uh, uh, fall of uh, uh, eighteen, after I was diagnosed with lymphoma. You know, the doctors told me stage four lymphoma, you know, non-favorable with bone involvement. And, you know, being a Marine, I wasn't going to let my school subside. I already made the commitment to attending university full-time. And uh, all that internal stress and that, that unease and that unsureness and unknowing of what was going to happen uh, as far as, you know, my, my medical condition, uh, carrying that internally, I didn't really feel like... Uh, the normal student population would would fully understand, you know, that internal turmoil. But being around, you know, fellow veteran students, they understand. They understood that completely because they've 
been in similar situations. It may not have been health, but it had been a high stress situation. You know what? What uh, you know? Many would account uh, would would describe as you know insurmountable odds. But having having those kind of things stacked in front of you and being able to overcome that and being with other people that have done the same thing uh, really helped uh, put me at ease, and it and it helped me get through my treatments and, and continue on with school without really missing a beat. And I know a lot of people might think that he he sounds a little uh, he sounds a little crazy for doing that by you know being hey you have stage four lymphoma and all that stuff. But when I hear that, I'm just like yeah no I understand. And a lot of our student population would just totally understand. Yeah, you know I think I might do the same thing. But you know Ryan is an anomaly. He is, it was very admirable for him to do that because a lot of us would kind of quit school, but I think he's, Ryan's absolutely right. We, we are probably that small community that would understand what he's actually like going through and why he did what he did. And ladies and gentlemen, that, that's a reason why this center with the, with the funding from the Epstein Foundation is so important because here's a situation that, that is not totally college related, but it's, it's, it's almost a life and death thing. And these people at San Marcos just rally together and come together and support their own. And it, it is just truly tremendous to see if you have not been up here in Northern California, or Northern uh, San Diego County, uh, you need to see this campus. This is, this is worth your time. We're up against the break here, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll be right back with Sin and, uh, and Ryan. We're going to wrap up. Do not list this last segment. We're going to get into a number of different programs like San Marcos is doing. Stay with us. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Sakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We have had two just amazing segments that have gone way too fast. One was the interview with Mr. Dan Epstein and the Epstein Foundation, who funded a veteran service center at Cal State University San Marcos, and then a conversation with two people from the campus, uh, Shin and Ryan, who got into why this program has taken off so well in this little community of San Marcos, California, what attracted them, and then Ryan talked about uh, coming out as a as a Marine infantryman and how it helped in in the re in the reentry process as he was going through and a lot of us veterans as we go come back out is it, it's hard it's a hard thing to try to to re-engage in the civilian world so we're going to continue here Shin many colleges have veteran service centers tell the listeners. What have you you've done? What are some of the programs that you've instituted that make this more accommodating for veterans? So we have the support, and um, I think Dan Epstein uh, mentioned it. So retired General Tony Jackson, he is one of our hugest supporters. So randomly, he will come in. Um, he he always he, he like brings in meat and is like, hey, let's barbecue, and that just like draws in people. So that's like a random thing. But our actual programming stuff that we do each year are stuff like events, like uh, 9-11 ceremony, Veterans Day celebration. And Veterans Day celebration is, it's the day to celebrate student veterans, but not only that, we want to appreciate them. So how do we do that? We do that with opportunity drawing. So we'll, we'll kind of have people donate a lot of um, goods, um, free things that we could kind of give to them to say, hey, we appreciate you. And we have each year Veterans Recognition Graduation where it's held each year. We graduate about 120 to 140 student veterans, and they can sign up where they'll just be appreciated with lighter d'oeuvres. And we're the only recognition graduation that serves alcohol because, you know, our student hall population is a little bit older. So we know that they're going to be responsible. And plus, we have a lot of family members that come and support them. Um, we also collaborate with athletics through Military Appreciation Days, where actually Ryan was... Um, he was recognized at a basketball game last semester with his wife just because he has such a good story. But not only that, that should inspire not just students, but our, also our student veteran population. So we'll recognize them. We'll um, make it a whole big deal with the color guard and just kind of blast it. Um, this semester we're having one of the baseball games as one of our military appreciation days. And then we usually have a couple per semester called Chow on Deck where the different services on campus come and just chat with our student veterans and military-connected students because these are services that are offered free for them, but they may have not known. For example, student health and, uh, student, is it student health and counseling services. I'm pretty sure I'm messing that up, but they offer free counseling sessions that actually comes out of the student fees that a lot of students just don't know about. And it's not like a presentation that they do. They have lunch with us. We feed them free lunch because, you know, free food would bring any student (laughs) by and have the staff just kind of mingle with them. So it's a forced kind of mingle, but it's worked out pretty well over the last four or five years I think they've been doing this. 
so we've just been trying to do that programming. A new programming this year that we've done, um, we're actually going on a trip next Tuesday. It's called the Legislation Trip, and with the generous donation of uh, Tony Jackson, he has funded six students to go to Sacramento for the day and meet with our state legislators, council members, um, assembly women, assemblymen, and just be able to see what the state legislator process is, as well as go to a veterans committee meeting. So we're just so excited for this because we want this to be an actual program that happens each year. There was an application process. There was a kind of like selection process, and we were only going to take five, but we had this other student who she just wrote such a great uh, application that I may or may have not asked for extra funding, and you know what, General Jackson was so gracious and kind for that, and he's like, you know what, if it's for this, because he's a history buff himself, he um, got his degree in history, so he wants to support the political science, the politics, and everything like that, so... We're really excited for this program. That is outstanding. Uh, we'll talk offline on this. Cindy Baldwin is one of the is on the the Senate, the state, California State Senate um, Veterans Committee, and I know her very well. And I'll make a connection with you so she can be involved in, in interacting with your students when when they get there. Oh, now, tell awesome. us about tell us about this veteran transfer course, and, and when veterans come in, this like this transitional course you do with them for them. So each year we do, so it's only in the fall because we only have fall admittance for right now um, for student veterans, and it's called TS-250. Now, it's a one-credit course. It's not, it's not anything rigorous, and it's, not, it, it, it's a pass or fail. And all, this di- all these different services on campus as well as off campus, for example, maybe they need financial help or fi- uh, financial loans or something like that, we'll get someone off campus to come and talk to these students about the financial services that are offered to them for free. So that's, that's the main thing. None of these services that we bring in to present to the student veterans, it doesn't cost anything to them, and it's, it's stuff that they may have not known. We also partner with the Career Center on campus to come in and talk about resumes, um, interviews. Not that we are, don't have that kind of in place, but maybe these student veterans we, don't, we aren't able to reach out to. All while... Uh, our professional development team, Moses and Stephanie, are helping them with their LinkedIn consistently, making sure that they have business cards, making sure that everything is up to date, like resumes and stuff like that, and also that they're actively looking for internships. Um, we have people from the VA that come in and talk to them about their benefits, how they could have a, a different disability rate. Maybe they never been to the VA clinic before. So it's resources to help them just be successful all while they're going to school. One of the yeah, things that, to that... For a second, uh, if you don't go mind. Ahead. Go ahead. The, the TS-250 course is, is very instrumental in student success here for veteran, for veteran students. Uh, it, it's extremely helpful, and as, as Shin mentioned, it opens, it opens the door to a tremendous amount of services that most students don't even know exist. Uh, you know, for example, uh, describing uh, the VA home loan process and applying for VA home loans, or uh, the TS-250 course, they even put on uh, an enrollment seminar for, for your uh, next semester's classes. So they have all the students come together in one of the computer labs and actually have uh, counselors from the specific uh, uh, colleges on the campus 
come through and, and help the students enroll in the courses that are correct for their degree plan. So it's extremely helpful. Now, Shin, you mentioned to me you do a lot of collaboration with the other local colleges. Explain that a little bit. So collaboration, um, the local colleges over here is San Diego State University, Point Loma Nazarene, um, UCSD, USD, and I'm missing one. Why am I missing one? USD, no, USD, UCSD, Point Loma. Anyway, so there's five of us. Oh, we're the last one. We're the fifth one. So um, the veterans... The veteran centers or veterans resource centers are our equivalent for veteran services. Um, we all get together about um, once or twice, maybe once or twice each semester to just collaborate on, hey, what are you, what's your school doing on this or what's your school doing on this? Um, we always collaborate with our community colleges to like our feeder schools like Palomar and Maricosta um, just to talk about what type of programming we're doing for our students what events that we're doing. We always invite each other to our events. But one big one is called the basic training in higher education where we get to go to nearby military installations and talk about our university degree plans, what we're offered. Not to say, hey, Cal State San Marcos is the best one, but we want you to stay in the San Diego area. So here are all these options that you can go to school and stay here. Because what most uh, veterans do or transitioning military veterans do, they go home, they go back home to their universities, but we have such a great support system here in California, and that's what we want to show them. So we partner with the other local universities as well as community colleges to make sure that this message is getting out, and we do that through the basic training in higher education, um, and we also invite each other to other sporting events and just so that we can support each other. And we have a really good community out here um, with the local universities as well as just the community support, too. We have about three minutes left. Uh, Shin, you mentioned a program, Veterans to Energy Careers, when you and I met. Uh, explain that a little bit. Yeah, so Veterans to Energy Careers is called VTEC. It's under the Office of Naval Research under the Department of the Navy, and it helps transitioning student veterans into sustainable energy careers, and we do that through DOD internships, so they're going to be DOD sites, um, and professional development. But the main important thing is the DOD internships, that's what our funding is for, to get these uh, student veterans into, let's say, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, computer science, cybersecurity, any of that to get them real live experience. Not that they might have already had it in the military, but just a different aspect to that. And they get these paid internships that are not taxed at all, and they get experience with it that they may have not ever got before. So that's kind of what we offer them, and it's nationwide. We have sites in Port Wainimi and Channel Islands, Monterey, San Diego, which is our main one right next to SDSU. And also, while I'm talking about uh, Veterans to Energy Careers, SDSU has an awesome engineering program, too, which is also another grant called Troops to Engineers, and they absolutely help their students out in that program, too. So you could see them as kind of an equivalent, um, but ours is just in a few more other sites than just San Diego. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about out of time here today. This has been just a tremendous show, tremendous episode, and it's what we can do when one individual, one family, one foundation sees a need, puts up the money, 
and then the, the organization, in this case San Marcos, puts a staff together like Shin and like Ryan to go out and expand that vision that the Epstein family had. So, Shin, Ryan, thank you so much for being on today and for all your input. Thank you so much for having us. As I said, we're almost out of time, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank all of our guests today for their inspiring, life-altering event. No matter what life throws at you, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember three things. I want you to look up, get up, and never, ever give up. Pick up the pieces, start moving forward, and better times and better people will enter your life. If you want more information about Cal State San Marcos or the Epstein Foundation, send me an email. I'll make sure it gets to their individuals. If you missed any of this show or any of our other shows, you can listen to them on demand on a number of different places, including now iHeartRadio, Google, and Alexa, which just picked up the show recently. Now, let me leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. None of us are in this alone. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Dan Epstein... Shin and Ryan showed you where a lot of those rocks are. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week for another life-altering event. Thank you for tuning into Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Kind.